It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Now, here's your host, Casey Hendrickson. Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel. Powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keene. On the web at lck-law.com. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard, and with me as always, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Casey's got the day off. I think he's working on his tan. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We're actually starting a new series, or we're into a new series about the seven biggest transitions people face in life. And we're going to be talking about one of those today, the transition from school into your career, college into your career. So big news there, or lots to talk about there. We're also going to be hitting listener questions near the second half of the show. We've got some things talking about, gosh, should you pay off? How aggressively should you pay off high interest credit cards? And should you let your husband buy that vintage motorcycle that reminds him reminds of the good old days. So good stuff. If you have a question and would like us to address it on the show, we'd love to do that. Go to wisemoneyradio.com. There's a spot on the right to submit a question. You can also listen to previous episodes there. Or you can give us a call, 574-222-2000. We've got a voicemail box set up, so you can give that a call and leave your question and all the details right there on the voicemail, and we will talk about it on an upcoming show. So... Before we get started, again, we are launching or we're in the middle of a series about the seven biggest transitions that people face in their adult life and how to plan for them financially. Today, we're going to be talking about the first transition. Josh, introduce this topic and why it's such a big deal. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, today's show is all about the transition from school to career or the preparation stage of life to putting that preparation to work, uh, earning a living. And it's really one of the the biggest or or most important of the seven big life transitions that we're hitting over these next uh, seven weeks or so. And the reason it's most important is if you get this transition right, you know, at the beginning of your adult life, you can really start to have some true momentum going in your financial life. And that may sound counterintuitive to some people. If you're a recent college grad or a recent high school grad, you may be thinking to yourself, man, I'm making peanuts compared to what I hope to someday. So why do I need to get too focused on my financial life at this point? It's time to have fun. I don't really need to have a plan for the future. I'm ready to enjoy the present. Well, think about it this way. In my opinion, your life at the beginning of adulthood is as streamlined and uncomplicated as it's ever going to be. You might not recognize that fact right now because everything is new and it just seems maybe complicated. It seems uh, fresh and, and, and interesting. But Can I get an amen? Yeah, no Can kidding. I get an amen? You know, you, you have less demands on your time and money right now than you will in the future. And that's one of the reasons why now is the time to hit the ground running. We want you paying attention to this episode. Yeah. So this is the first transition, uh, transitioning from being in school or being in college into a career. Kevin, can you recap the seven big transitions? Do you do you have that here? I don't, but thanks for asking. <laughs> this was a pop quiz. Yeah, this was. So actually, Mike, I do have those handy. So if you look at the first one, it's the school to career. So whether I'm graduating high school and going into a trade or a career, or whether I'm graduating college and going into a career. The second one is single to married. And the third one is married to child rearing. So that goes from two in the household to three and beyond there. And then the college years. 
as the kiddos head out of the house and off to college or stay in the house and go into college uh, in the backyard there. And number five is the empty nesters. Did you say college in your backyard? <laughs> There's There are a few small Catholic schools in our backyard here. Oh, okay. uh, oh gotcha. Yeah. Got it. Not I, literal. I know you have a soccer field in your backyard. Yes. You have cows, cows. back there. I, now a college. I have chickens, too. <laughs> And I, I'm not opposed to having a college back there, but uh, at the moment, there uh, one doesn't exist, but uh, who knows what the future may hold here. So so empty nesters, so once all the kiddos are out of the house, out of the basement, and out of the garage, and uh, we go then to number six, which is work to retired. So I am not going to work every day anymore. And then number seven is married to single again. So obviously that's not every big tra- big transition that you'll face in your life, but those are kind of the, the the seven pervasive ones that we've narrowed it down to. And as you listen to that list, you might be thinking, "Hey, I find myself squarely in one of those other uh, other transitions, not in this one. Why should that person still tune in if they're not in this stage of being in school and transitioning into a career? What what could they still hope to get out of today's episode?" Well, even if you're not at the beginning of your career, you may still be in it. And so some of the principles that apply in uh, this phase of life can still be built upon out there in the future. And and quite frankly, there may be some things that you should have gotten in place back when you were uh, entering into your working career and you haven't done them yet. So this is going to be your reminder on circling back and capturing those those things. I would also add, and I just had this happen earlier this week, that a client came in and said, hey, you know, my son's got his first job. He's 16. Can he come in and talk to you? I mean, if you're listening right now and you're not in this transition, you're already in your career, maybe you're retired, it's your responsibility, one of your responsibilities, whether you own it or not, to pass on wise financial principles to your kids and your grandkids. And so you might get some things out of today's show that could help them. In fact, this client said earlier this week, he said, you know, I'd rather have you say it to my son than me because it's going to have more meaning coming from someone other than their dad. I was totally just thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. If you would just teach these things to my my kids, that would be fabulous. Uh, Kevin? Kevin? <laughs> yeah, Josh's kid? And I'm happy to teach them to your kids via podcast. There you go. <laughs> so go to iTunes and download the uh, Wise Money Show podcasts. Okay, so there's six areas to everyone's financial life, not to overwhelm you with lists or so on, but there's six areas to everyone's financial life. The first is your present financial position. Second is protection planning. Third is tax planning. Fourth is investment planning. Fifth is retirement and college planning. And sixth is estate planning. So in light of this transition or when you're in the throes of this transition, what are the major areas of your of those six financial planning areas that are most important during this transition? Well, Mike, I would say all of those areas are very important, but the most important one, in my humble opinion, is your present financial position. That's where you have, you build a, a cash flow and a net worth statement. And when you think of cash flow, think of budgets. I was talking to some folks yesterday, and they're both 55, and they said, their kids were looking for something to eat and they wanted to go out to eat and they looked in the envelope and there was nothing left in the go out to eat envelope. There was no food in the envelope. (laughs) Not only was there no food, there was also no money in the envelope. (laughs) And so, and that's what the envelope system helps you with. Someday, some, sometimes you have money left over at the end of the month and sometimes you have month left over at the end of the money. And the nice thing about the envelope system is it, 
prevents you from uh, borrowing from tomorrow to pull stuff into today when when you really shouldn't be doing that. I completely agree. Present financial position is the most important in this phase for a couple of the reasons that Kevin mentioned, but budgeting is extremely important. You're finally getting a paycheck, maybe a meaningful paycheck, and you've got to figure out, well, should I use that money to pay aggressively on the student loans that I've just built up? Or can I now go out and buy that nice car that I've always wanted? Or do I buy a house or what do I do? And building a budget can help you kind of allocate those dollars correctly. And hopefully if you're meeting with a financial planner or a coach, you can figure out which of those things you should be saying yes to and which you should be saying no to. Well, I feel like what you guys are describing is laying the important foundation for your overall financial life. This is what you'll build upon uh, for the future. It's, it's kind of creating the base that you'll add on for, for years to come. I, uh, I love talking to my brother-in-law, who's one of my, my closest friends as well. And he's an owner in a concrete company in the area here. And so what they do all day, every day is pour basements and create foundations for buildings. And I hear him talk about the level of care and concern that goes into getting the foundation just perfectly square, all those walls totally plumb. Because if the foundation is faulty, the whole house is in jeopardy, right? And that's totally true in our financial lives as well. And so right now, if you're getting your early start in your career, the most important thing that you can be focusing on is that present financial life because it's the foundation that you're going to build everything else upon. Yeah. I also think, I mean, so, so that's all present financial position. I think your taxes, you should take a look at those as well. Your tax situation, now that you're actually working and not in school, you're going to want to be opportunistic about what you should be doing to make sure your uh, your taxes are set up the right way. I even thought of protection planning. You probably don't know all the issues there, but you should be looking at disability insurance, having the right auto insurance, not just listening to those commercials. And then lastly, if you're investing or hopefully you're saving up into a 401k, you're going to want to probably learn a bit about what your expectations should be for investing. You've probably never invested before. So figure out and learn what your expectations should be and exactly how to structure your investments. Yeah, and I remember at that point in time, 20 years ago, one of the things that helped me decide whether or not to make a purchase is I just used my financial calculator to look at the present value and future value of dollars. So I said, okay, $100 today. Do you know how nerdy that sounds, by the way? Very. Most folks do you it, Josh. You just alienated all of our listeners. <laughs> like, I don't even have a financial calculator. Well, actually, there's a financial calculator. There's an app now oh, okay. that is a financial calculator. That sounds it's, cooler. It, it's Good. fantastic. But really, to, to see if I spend $100 on this today, what would that? how many thousands of dollars would that be that I'm taking from the 65-year-old version of me? And that, to me, was helpful to kind of curb my appetite. Okay, we've got more coming up here on Wise Money with Corcoran Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good morning. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I'm Mike Bernard, and with me is Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory from Corhorn Financial Group. We're talking about the first big life transition that most people go through in their adult life, which is shifting from school or college into a career. And we're just getting into it here. So, 
okay, we've talked about the big areas of your financial plan that you need to address. What advice would you give someone who's transitioning or about to transition into this phase and how they should do it successfully? Okay, so I don't want to be a jerk here, but the fact that you're asking all the questions, does that mean that you won't ever be the one no who answers. actually answers first? No answers. Are you that good that you could ask no the question answers. and answer your own? <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll kick off the answer and with a controversial answer, actually. So you're going to take the bait? Yeah, if you're, if you're shifting from being in school or you're still in school, but you're finishing up, shifting into your career, this might be one of your last opportunities to focus on growing your human capital. And I don't want to be a big geek and lose a whole bunch of listeners, but when you're in school or really in the early stages of your career, you're trying, you're still trying to develop your knowledge and intelligence and so that you can add value and make more money in the future. So I think this phase, I mean, taking it a little away from finances, this transition, this phase, you're trying to figure out, okay, what do I get to bring to the market to exchange for money? And I would want you very aware of that trade-off and tuning into, all right, what are the skills I'm developing here? What am I honing here so that I can continue to make a living and make money, you know, for the rest of my career? That's good. You know, another tip, I guess I would throw out there, ways to improve uh, your financial life down the road by the things you do right now would be to get real focused real early on on getting all the consumer debt wiped out in your life. That could be uh, not only credit cards or a car loan, it could be something um, as seemingly innocent as just those student loans that you racked up during the college years or maybe graduate school or something like those that. Those aren't innocent. Get after those things. Yeah. It, well, the, the reason I say innocent is a lot of people think of them as good debt, right? But they don't necessarily recognize that it is genuinely risky to keep on holding those just simply because the only way to get out from underneath those student loans is the painful toil of paying them off over time. There's no magic wand or a bankruptcy that you could use to wipe out those loans. A lot of you people have to though, do it the hard way. They're trying to work the system here with some of the debt for student loan forgiveness programs that the government's thrown out there. So some people are trying to work this system a bit, but gosh, that gets your financial life all reoriented backwards and sideways. You start thinking that's the aim is to get some freebies instead of trying to plow forward financially. Yeah, I mean, for, for the first time in your life, though, at this stage in, in the game, you're making money, right? You, you have income coming in. The question is how much of it is already spoken for. And the quicker that you can get to the point where the debt is gone and there's no banker or lender out there that has a claim on some of your monthly income, the more power you're going to have in your financial life, more freedom to do the things that you want to do and begin building for the future. So uh, get after it, you know, um, don't play these games of just holding on to the debt, hoping that the government's going to wipe it out for you. Um, you. You know, do the hard work and do it aggressively. Yeah. So I think what Josh is talking about is you're working on your offense, your ability to earn an income and your defense, the ability to protect those dollars and send them in the right direction. And just to restate what you guys have already said, I think if you are leaving school and you are not married, now is the time to sacrifice. As Mike put it, invest in your human capital. But I would challenge you to just outlearn everyone else. If you outlearn everyone else, at some point down uh, the fu- in the future, you're going to outearn everyone else. Not that that really means anything. The, the whole idea is you reaching your potential. But in order for you to reach your potential, you're going to want to 
improve your skills. Those skills are, are you're going to trade for money. But, and the other thing that I would encourage you to do is really invest in yourself. So you invest in your career, but invest in how you think and how you make decisions. I would surround myself with really wise people that could help me and, and give me some sort of guidance on, do you think this is a good idea? I'm thinking about doing this. What would you think about this? And look at people that have, that in your opinion, have done it well and, and ask them advice. My experience is you would think there'd be a long line outside the door of the people that are really successful. And I found that people that are really successful, there's a, a short line or no line at all. And they are very collaborative and happy to share. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. I wonder if there's any studies or statistics on how many young people getting started in their career actually seek out a financial advisor. Cause there, there's almost this mentality that, um, you know, a financial advisor, that's someone that you go see when you have money, not when you're trying to build to someday have money. Oh my goodness. But as you said, building the foundation, that's one of the most important things in, in yeah. construction, a house or a building. Gosh, you want some advice with that. If you're building the habits that are going to stay with you for the rest of your, really the rest of your life, get a coach. So what about some of the common financial mistakes that people make in this transition or in this area? I think the first mistake that I would hit is setting your spending level to match your income. If you're spending every dollar as it comes in, then nothing is really building for the future. And I like to coach people to try to set their spending level no more than 85% of their take-home pay. Hey, what that, I, that might be the reason why young people don't want to come see an advisor. Yeah, because they, they'd, rather, things to do. they'd rather spend all the money. I'm finally making it. Let me enjoy it. Anyway. Well, and, and in reality, too many of them are spending 110% of what they take home, right? Just using credit cards and other things to, to make up the difference. But the, the point here, and, and one of you mentioned this earlier, getting the budget in place, maybe both of you hit this one. Um, I, I think it bears repeating over and over again. The budget is what helps you create margin in your financial life, and that margin is what lets you build for the future. So find margin. That's the first uh First tip I would give, and it's a mistake if you don't. I think a big mistake is people, and maybe you're just not mature enough or we're not mature. You know, I came through this stage too, but just not getting serious about your finances at this stage. Again, as we've already kind of hit, you want to have fun, you want to do some things, but this is a critical time in your life. You've got to pay on those student loans. You've got to probably buy a car. You've probably got to buy some furniture. You still probably want to travel and go see friends and other things there is so much pulling at you that don't make the mistake of not taking your financial life seriously yet. Along with that, though, is I think another big mistake is people don't build the habit of saving for the future, saving for retirement. These dollars in your early working career are going to be the hardest working one, working ones for you for that big long-term goal of retiring someday. Make sure that you're contributing into that 401k at least to get the match, but I'd hope you're starting at 15% from day one. Yeah, and Mike, you're talking about saving automatically, and so that, that builds in a habit and it, it embeds success into your financial life. But I also think we're talking about just getting more serious about life and your finances in general, and part of that just means just pay your bills on time. If you need to set your your bills up to auto pay, get your bills paid on time because what your credit score is going to matter. And so you really want to 
shepherd your credit and your credit score in a way that it's going to do some favors for you down the road when it's time to go and buy that house. Certainly your auto insurance is influenced by your credit score. And there are many other factors there are many other things that you're going to do in your life that you may not realize today are going to be affected by the decisions you make in your credit score. Well, uh, along with that, one of the traps potentially to trying to build that credit score is using credit cards to do it, creating a, a credit history, but using them irresponsibly or, or in a dangerous way. And, and I'm talking about actually borrowing money on a credit card that you don't pay off every single month. Yeah. And, you know, this this is the first time in your life that someone out there is letting you borrow money. You know, you, you couldn't do this back when you were in high school or, or living under your parents' roof necessarily. When you were younger, you had to earn the money and then you could spend it. Now with a credit card, you can spend the money and then hope to earn it later. And I, I would hope that you don't fall into that trap, but instead just decide early on, I am always going to spend what I have already produced, not spend what I hope to someday produce. In a moment, we are going to be talking about things you should be doing proactively to get ready for the next stage. Then we're going to be hitting some listener questions as well. So we've got more coming up here on Wise Money with Horn Finance Group right here on 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good morning. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I'm Mike Bernard with Kevin and Josh. As always, Casey's off today. I want to remind everyone that uh, we're going to be hitting listener questions here just coming up. And if you have a question for the show, go to wisemoneyradio.com. There's a spot there to submit your question. You can even listen to the podcast there. Podcasts are also on iTunes, by the way, if you have a Apple, although Apple's selling less phones, so who knows? Uh, they may fall off the face of the earth. Uh, if you if you actually have a phone and you want to place a question that way, give us a call at 574-222-2000, and that's a voicemail box. You can leave your question right there on the voicemail. We'll hit it on an upcoming show. Before we get to listener questions, we've got several good ones here, but before we do, we're talking about this big transition in life of shifting from being in school or college or high school or whatever into a career for the first time. And what should people be focusing on in this transition or in this stage of life to get ready for the next big transition, right? How can they set themselves up for success? I love that question. Uh, you know, the, the idea of not only just enjoying the moment, enjoying this phase of life that you're currently in, but planning proactively to do something that makes the next phase better for you. I mean, that, that is the heartbeat of financial planning. That's what we do all day, every day. And so, you know, getting people focused on that, I think, uh, is maybe the most important uh, point that we would make. Uh, as Kevin rattled off earlier in the show, the next phase or the next transition uh, that, that we're going to be covering in next week's show will be the, the transition from being single to married. And this could happen you know, days after the start of your career, for some people, they get married while they're still in college. Um, but, but whenever it's happening, the, the question will be, have you done anything to put your new family in a stronger position while you were still single? And, you know, that could be building the right disciplines. It could be making the right uh, sacrifices today so that when you do get married, your financial life doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be stressful. Um, you, you know, the early days or early years of a marriage could just be pure fun if finances are removed as a major life stressor. And you have the power to do that during the years that you're not married yet. 
And yeah. and really what you're saying, Josh, is make decisions today so that you'll have some freedom and some choices when that time comes and you do get married versus if you're not careful today when you get married, all those decisions are going to be made for you. You you won't have choices. You'll say, boy, I wish we could do this or I wish we were able to have this opportunity and you, it, it just won't be there. For a long time, I've said to these to these folks, they know it. I've I've, I've said my favorite clients, a couple that I met right after they got married, they came in, and they neither of them brought financial baggage to the marriage. They That's were rare, set. Isn't it? it is rare, and the reason why I joke with them and say they're my favorite. Actually, if you're listening, you're all my favorite, by the way. <laughs> but the reason why I told them they were my favorite for so long is we were able to go so far so quickly because they didn't have all these bad habits and worse, just baggage hanging on the back of their kind of financial car. We were able to just put it in drive and go after some of the goals, and it just made the relationship a lot of fun. Well, and that doesn't mean it's not fun for someone coming into our office at the age of 40 or 45, and they haven't done any of the building the foundations type stuff that we've been coaching people on in this, uh, in this episode. But the, the, the point here is whether you're doing something to get ready for the next phase or other phases down the road, building the foundation, getting a budget in place, having the right coach or advisor in your life, wiping out debt as, as rapidly as, as you can, and building the discipline of steady and uh, predictable, constant savings. Those are things that you need in whatever transition is coming down the road. Yeah, great segue. So, all right, we're going to transition into listener questions, but I want to remind everyone, so this series, we're going to be hitting these seven big transitions over the next several weeks. And if you find yourself in this stage of transitioning from a career or or excuse me, from college or school into a career, I, I think the big takeaways that I that I heard were focus on your present financial position and your budget and get real serious about paying off debt and starting to save up for the future. And really those habits, that advice is really can apply to wherever you're at in your situation. So, okay, listener questions. Thanks, Matt from Granger43. You submitted a question. Appreciate that. He says, my wife and I just met with an attorney last month to start the process of getting a will. He suggested that we use a professional trustee to take care of the money for our kids until they're old enough to do it by themselves. Do you guys recommend any banks for this kind of role? And I would even add, do you recommend that period? Y- using a uh, professional. an institution, in other words, yeah. to, to serve. Because having a trustee, absolutely, we recommend. But should it be a bank or a trust department or anything like that? Probably not for most people, at least not as the first person standing in line to accept that role. I personally like the idea of finding a very trusted and competent family member, or if you don't have an immediate family member, maybe uh, a very close friend that you trust implicitly. I mean, this is the person or the people potentially who are taking care of the money to help facilitate raising your kids when you're not around to do it. And it could be a lot of money if you have life insurance in place that suddenly uh, pays out because you and your spouse are, are, are both killed tragically in some unexpected accident. So it, it needs to be somebody who's very competent and uh, knows how to handle finances wisely, um, but also someone who can say no to your kids as well. Uh, sometimes that's the same person who would be caring for your kids, the guardian for them, but other times you separate those roles. So it depends on who you have in your life. It's probably smart, though, to have multiple layers of that, of that role laid out. 
you know, if one person can't serve or they don't outlive you, who would step in in their stead? But at the end of that line, it probably makes sense to have a bank. The The real uh, reason for that is a, a bank or an institution theoretically will always outlive you. Right. And as you're pointing out, Josh, if family-wise or friends, you have a real deep bench and lots of folks that would be capable and competent of fulfilling that role, that'd be something to consider. Um, and if not, there there are lots of uh, banks in the area that have a trust department or other trust companies. We love working with Patty over at First State Bank. She's awesome and uh, does just a real nice job over there. So there, there are lots of places that you can go to get that kind of professional advice. And if, you, if you're wondering, sometimes one of the things we've seen is you name a family member as a co-trustee and you name an institution to uh, help them as well. So you've got two parties that are assigned a single task there. Good stuff. Good advice. I love this question. Patrick from Osceola. Patrick's 49. My daughter is, in, is a junior in college and she thinks she might want to be a CPA or a financial counselor. Oh, Ooh. awesome. Yeah. Do you have any career advice for her, as well as any suggestions on how to structure her remaining classes before she's a business student? And he even adds, please tell me she can graduate in four years. Well, that would be <laughs> lightning quick today in today's Yeah, case. by today's standards, you're right. So so do we get to announce what's going on at Bethel? Let's I, do it. I, I, I mean, this it, is the perfect place, yeah, I would absolutely. think. We, uh, we, we've actually been working closely with the business department over at Bethel College here in town to create a major, a new major in their business uh, department for financial services. And it, it's meant to be a four-year four degree, but uh, it's, it's emphasizing the need to get experiential learning. There are actually three internships baked into the program, one in banking, one in uh, tax, uh, tax work, and then the other one in financial planning to give people a well-rounded view into this industry. And, uh, you know, I, maybe this is a shameless plug for my alma mater, but uh, I, I love Bethel College and my love for them is growing just because they have the vision to, to get a degree like this up and running. What? There are not enough women in uh, our industry. I mean, our, our industry is dominated by old white dudes, yep. right? And... Uh, the three of us are future old white dudes, and the the enthusiasm and the excitement about helping young women enter this field, it is needed, it is needed, it is needed, oh, yes. whether she becomes a CPA or a financial planner, uh, either way. So the, the if you didn't choose a Bethel, though, you know, there are other programs out there. Uh, when I was at Bethel, there was no financial planning degree, so I just customized my own coursework. In, in ways that I thought would prepare me to be a planner. The truth is, though, a financial advisor, so much of it is learned by being mentored into the business, uh, it, almost in an, an apprenticeship type of an approach. So maybe the most important thing is getting a broad view of the business world or finance world and then getting partnered up with a firm that will teach her the ropes after she's in her career. And internship and all of that and yeah. beyond. I, I actually started at Corhorn Financial Group as an intern when I was in college at Michigan State, and it confirmed exactly that this is God's call on my life, what I should be doing, and I fell in love with the approach that we take. And so I, I would give that same advice, Josh, just to reiterate it, that uh, you know, link up with a, with a firm that you trust that can kind of mentor you into the business, whether through an internship 
or just uh, an initial phase of your career. Wasn't your internship also when coffee had its call on your life? That's exactly right. Thanks, Kevin Corhorn, <laughs> for that addiction. <laughs> Appreciate that. that. All right. Uh, precious life-giving drink. But yeah, I would definitely say if you're looking for what you want to do with your life, think about what kind of calling. What what are what's your what kind of interests do you have? What's your aptitude? I would I would look up whatever industry I'm thinking about going into, I'd look it up. And I would go and I would shadow and I would see what they do and say, is this something that I could do? I personally, I think this is the greatest job in in the world. Not everyone thinks like that or or everyone would be a financial planner. So I would definitely go and check it out and see if it's something that you could do that you'd be good at and you'd enjoy doing uh, every day. All right. We got more listener questions coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel. Powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keene. On the web at lck-law.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. I'm Mike. I'm with Kevin and Josh. As usual, we are in the middle of listener questions. We've got a tough one here from Amber in Mishawaka. She's 58. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to get wrapped into this. Is there any help you can provide to settle a dispute between my husband and me about buying a vintage motorcycle that is just like the one he had as a teenager? Oh, my goodness. Midlife crisis. Oh, yeah. But actually, we do get this sort of stuff all the time. So we have the money, but it seems frivolous to me and a little unfair that he'd be able to spend fourteen grand of our savings when I've never spent anything like that for something that I've wanted. Do you have any advice? How should we decide? I'm not going to be the first. Don't throw that one back to me, Josh. Let's look at Kevin. Yeah, I think, Amber, what you need to do is go find something that you would really enjoy that costs around (laughs) $14,000, and you buy that for you, and you go get that motorcycle for hubby. Well, here's here's the thing. Financial, Financial success, I would say, is all about having financial balance. And I've said on the show before that... Occasionally when I'm out, you know, at the mall or shopping or eating or something like that, run into a client, they're very quick to joke and say, this was in the budget, you know, don't, don't get mad at me, uh, you know. And so, uh, no, I think I want you to enjoy the money and I want you to have financial balance and financial su- success. Enjoy things today, but also be prudent to save up for the future. And you guys just, Amber, you guys just need to figure out if this is if this is enjoyment for you guys. If It seems pretty clear that it's not to her. Not to her. Right? Because she used the word frivolous and unfair, <laughs> which just are dripping with emotion. And they're not the kind of emotion that you'd probably want to hear from your wife when having a conversation about money. But I, I bet those words are actually spoken in more households than what we would ever really know. And it, it kind of underscores or, or points to the fact that maybe one of them is feeling like they don't have enough of a voice in how the money is being used. And, you know, that, that could be a pattern in, in some people's uh, marriages. Uh, not mine, of course. I mean, mine, mine is just perfect <laughs> hey, uh, in every way. Let's talk after the show, I guess. Yeah. Something to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, the point, though, is this could be also a sign that early on in your marriage, you didn't establish the rules of decision-making, if you will. And, and rules, I'm using that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but 
almost like a decision tree on what's going to be our guiding principles on choosing to use money. You know, are, are you running it through a screen of, is this a need or a want? Do needs take precedence over the want? So I would, I would ask Amber and her husband, uh, obviously the motorcycle is a want, right? But are there already, are, are all of their other needs already met? Ooh, good, good right? point. Mm-hmm. So, so spending money on wants is not the end of the world. It's just, are you letting it trump a more important need is, is a question. Is it something you've agreed upon or is it a disagreement? Um, if you're in disagreement on something, then maybe that is the answer, uh, depending on how you guys make decisions. Is it funded or is it unfunded? Are you going to have to borrow money to do the 14 grand? Um, she says it's out of her savings. So in but that theory, could be emergency fund. You that's right. certainly wouldn't want to dip into that for a want. That's and, right. And it could be in savings, but they've got some bad debt out there that they should be using that to get rid of. That's interesting. Yep. Um, it, you know, and, and again, I, I just keep going back to maybe this was on your list of goals, but it's further down than something that has more priority. And if that's the case, spending the 14 grand would be an abandonment from your plan. Um, obviously, we don't know all the issues here, but the point is, uh, early on in a marriage, I hope that everyone hears this. One of the most important investments that you can make in your relationship is learning how to make financial decisions together. And having some sort of a decision tree, I think, um, is especially important. Yeah, I would try and get it out of the emotional realm. I would think, is there room in your life, in your lifestyle right now, to even have that is a room in your garage for that right now. <laughs> and, and who's going to be parking outside? I think back when Lori and I first got married, I had a motorcycle and we would go together to Little Caesars. And that was when the pizza pizza was a big long box. And we would drive to Little Caesars and put that. I, I'd ride with the thing on the gas tank, uh, uh, kind of burning my knees as we would uh, I'm picturing a Vespa right now actually. <laughs> but you said a motorcycle. <laughs> no, it was it was a it was a Honda Magna nearly the, the the perfect bike and and so we it was a great source of enjoyment for us. We'd go on Sunday afternoon rides and and uh, so it can be something to enjoy as a couple, but if it's not something you would enjoy as a couple, it sounds like where you need to go is your husband may be emotional about this purchase and I just think if you can get it out of the emotional realm into the rational realm, seek some advice, seek some advice from a, a couple that's a friend of yours to kind of talk this through maybe at, at uh, Valentine's day here coming up or, um, or go talk to your financial planner. Okay. We've got one more kind of dicey one from Alex. Uh, not sure where she's from or her age, but she says my fiance has over $20,000 in high interest rate credit cards range between 19 or excuse me, nine and 21%. That came Ouch. from an engagement ring and some other things that they did, uh, that he did before we met. We've been paying a little bit more than the minimum, but it's really, you know, it's not doing much on the balance. I have an emergency fund and some other savings in the bank that is barely getting any interest. Would it be smart to use this savings to wipe out the credit cards so we don't pay so much in interest? Okay, so are they married or they're Fiance. engaged? Fiance. Yep. That, to me, that's the answer then. You wait? Yeah. If you're not married, uh, you know, the thought of going deeper into your financial lives being merged before your lives are truly merged, I, I, finances are not the first place to have a union, right? 
Um, to, to me, legally being married uh, makes a whole lot more sense before you would start paying down debt that he's bringing into the marriage. Um, and, and I understand the the sense of urgency because it's such high interest rates, but I would want to hear him saying that he has a sense of urgency on this stuff. Yeah, good point. I mean, he's got 21% debt. Is he just... Is, is he working extra jobs right now to get that paid off? Or are there things that he could be selling rather than draining your emergency fund, which, you know, it, it's hard to think of a credit card as a true emergency. I, I realize that saving yourself 21% is wonderful compared to earning point nothing at the bank where it would just sit uh, idly. But again, you're not married yet. I, I'd say no, personally. Well, it's interesting, though, I, because as... When you're engaged, I would definitely recommend you start airing out the financial laundry with each other and, yeah. and start communicating about finances, what each of you have going on and how you're going to make decisions as you get married. But so you got to ha- you got to put this on the table. Totally. True. I, yeah. I, I, I get it. But and, I, and those are some of the most important conversations to have as you're making that transition. Mm-hmm. But to, to actually to act on it. shift money into another person's name. I, I've just seen too many cases where, you know, the... The uh, engagement doesn't result in a wedding, and it's hard enough to uh, unravel things um, w- when you're walking away from a, an actual wedding. But to do to try to uh, shore up or, or make good on dollars that have changed hands and everything that that just sounds messy to me. Yeah, it's interesting, Alexis. If it, it sounds like you've kind of got your financial act together a little bit, and so the question is, tell me about your fiance. Does he have his act together? And do you want to be married to someone? I, w- I would, I would, as Mike said, air it out. I would find out exactly where these things came from, and I would have a fabulous plan to get this taken care of before I zip things all the way up relationally. Okay, so let's take this out of the engagement realm, and let's say we fast forward and they're married. What would the advice be in that case? I- I think they sit down with a coach and you've got to figure out a lot of things on how stable is your income, what holds your house and what other emergencies could come up. But I would totally be okay with taking some cash and paying these things off. Yeah, I'd feel a lot better about it then too. Okay, sounds good. Well, great show, guys. Next week, we're going to continue this series. We're going to be talking about life's biggest transitions. Thanks for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. On behalf of myself, Mike Bernard, Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and all of us at KFG. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday here on Wise Money with Corhorn Finance Group right here on 95.3 MNC. Securities are offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Financial advisors offer advisory services through KFG Wealth Management, LLC, doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Insurance Agency, and KFG Tax and Business Services are separate entities from Securities America, Inc. Tax services provided by KFG Tax and Business Services and insurance services provided by KFG Insurance Agency. Listen again next week to Wise Money on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel.